This is an ABC podcast. For copyright reasons, the music has been edited. To hear the full tracks, listen to The J Files, Thursday nights on Double J, or head to doublej.net.au and click on the track list at the bottom of each episode. Hey, it's Kaz Tran here. Welcome to The J Files, the podcast for people who love music. Each episode is like a quick music history lesson. We pick a different artist or band, we look at some of the most important moments in their career, and we celebrate their impact on music, all in less than 30 minutes. In this episode, we're traversing the luminous electronic planes of Roixop. We met around the age of 12, and then we realised we had the same sort of interest in electronic music. And uh, this was in a time where most people would be into whatever ACDC, Motley Crue, and that kind of stuff. And we were not too much into that. So, uh, no, then. But now it's all about Motley Crue for me. Hailing from Tromsø, Norway, Svenberg and Torbjörn Brundtland first met in school and bonded over a mutual obsession with electronic dance music. In their formative years, they covered a lot of ground together, absorbing the work of Kraftwerk, Art of Noise and Vangelis, all electronic masters famed for their expansive sound collages. The school friends drew from the benefits of their hometown being a hotspot for electronic music in Norway, and their early efforts had a lot of support and encouragement from local established musicians like Bjorn Torska, Biosphere and Bel Canto. In 2012, the duo joined Lindsay McDougall on Triple J to talk about this musical culture they emerged from in Tromsø. For people who don't know much about, I guess, the, the Norwegian music scene, the place that you guys are from is at Tromsø? Yep. And, and, and is that close to Bergen? Nope. Ah, so this is the other part of Norway that yeah, no one hears about. Exactly. Well, but Tromsø is, is really far north up in Norway. So we're kind of shit kicker, fisherman, <laughs> gone electronic. That's where we derive from. And it was at school where you guys found out you both liked electronic music. Mm. Yeah, that's that's kind of where we started, yeah. And what what is it like when you are at an educational institution where everyone's into ACDC and Motley Crue and you're the two dudes that are into electronic music? Was there bullying? Was there lines drawn in the sand? Well, nobody could bully us because we're so fucking hardcore and I shouldn't <laughs> even be swearing on air. But, but you uh, did because that's how hardcore yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, I apologise for that if I offended anyone, but I've never been bullied. Norway, uh, I mean, people know, obviously, there's the Bergen music scene. You've got your Erland Oys, your Kings of Convenience. I think Data Rocker from there as well. So it's like, Mm. but then also there's the black metal, which Mm. is the stuff I grew up when I was a little bit younger listening to your mayhem and all that sort of business. How does the Tromsø music scene compare? The Tromsø music scene doesn't have an international name. It did have Norwegian pioneers of electronic music, almost father figure like for us when we were kids. But Bergen is, when we travel the world, definitely the name that rings a bell with most music journalists and people who follow music closely. That's just a taste of the lulling sounds of Adina Cycle, the ambient electronic group Sven and Torbjörn first cut their teeth with. After an EP release with Adina Cycle, the boyhood friends drifted apart, but they reconnected in 1998 in Bergen, Norway's second largest city. They were both lured there by the exciting prospects of a bigger metropolis, which had spawned acts like Annie and Kings of Convenience. This time they took the name Roixop, 
a Norwegian term for a particular kind of little fungus that shoots out a cloud of spores when stepped on and also resembles the mushroom cloud of a nuclear bomb. When you're ready. Uh, hi, this is... Oh, sorry, I spoke over the front of it. Do it, do it again, sorry oh, about that. Oh, no, I kept doing Hi, this is Torben from Reichsoff, and you're listening to Triple K. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely, definitely, uh, not, definitely not Triple K, that's for sure. Yeah. Triple K, imagine a radio station like that in, the, in, the, in America. That would be uh, yeah. somewhat provocative. That's Torbjorn stumbling his way through a station ID in a 2009 interview with Richard Kingsmill. As part of their conversation, the two talked about the influence of Bergen on the music of Reuxop. I actually haven't looked at a map of Norway to know how far Bergen is away from Oslo. How far are you away from the capital? Uh, three stone trolls and uh, I actually don't know the distance, but you can drive there in a day. Uh, but you have to drive over the, the wilderness of the mountains and everything. Yeah, okay. So it is actually quite a far way from Oslo. And tell me, uh, is it a very inspiring place? Do you feel like the atmosphere around Bergen actually inspires a lot of the music that you do make? That's what you call a leading question. <laughs> In what way? <laughs> why, why is it leading? Uh, well, it's, it's hard to answer no to something like that. And luckily, I can say yes. Um, it is the reason why we've chosen to stay here in, in Bergen. And we were lured here in the first place by rumors that it was a paradise for anyone who had any creative idea in their head. And that's probably not the truth, but it is Bergen as a place has a nice mix of countryside to it uh, combined with some urban environment, but not enough to make it stressful, just enough to push it a bit. And so you and Sven find it inspiring and you make all your music still there and you don't have any desire to go anywhere else? Yeah, uh, we haven't tried to live anywhere else. And I guess if we move to like a major big city, we'll uh, probably be overwhelmed because we're so rural and innocent that we'll be just run over by all the impressions that the real world has to offer. <laughs> right. Roy Sop released their debut album, Melody AM, in 2001, an album charmed by both naivety and nostalgia, while also emitting a restless and mystical undercurrent. Moving fluidly between downbeat electronica, house and dance, Melody AM's smooth surfaces captured something uniquely luminescent that shimmers in the hearts of fans of this album around the world to this day. In 2005, Royksop returned with The Understanding. Expanding on those shimmering electronic textures first heard on their debut, The Understanding presented the first of their collaborations with Karen Dreyer, the distinct, emotionally wrought voice of The Knife.
insight into the studio science of Royksop, take a listen to this conversation between Torbjorn and Triple J's Vanilla Kernerbone as he unpacks one of the crucial elements in Royksop's toolkit. What do you like about repetition to start with in ambient music or in instrumental music? What do you enjoy about, I don't know, that sort of that, that moment when you listen to it and how the, it, it actually does end up affecting you, know, affecting you in a sort of strange way. What, what do you guys like about it? I don't know really how to put it into words. I just find it interesting that some people really hate repetitive music. And I can kind of relate. I can understand. But I just don't feel it that way. I, I, I do really dislike a lot of dance music that has something which is repetitive, which doesn't work, which doesn't sort of take you on a journey, which, you know, would have been better if it uh, put in some variations in there. And it has a lot to do, of course, with, with the use of drugs and the drug culture, where repetition is, is an enhancement. It creates an enhancement of the intoxication. Uh, but repetitive music has been used by, by composers for, for quite some time. It is a thing of the industrial age, so to speak. And it probably has its inspiration in, in, in machinery, engines. You know, a boat engine, the sounds coming from a construction site. You know, composers that are, are seen as, as, as early pioneers within repetitive music could, for instance, be Steve Reich. Mm. He just discovered that. But you see, that type of music also has an element that evolves. So it's only the front of the music that's repetitive. It's underlying currents. It's a sort of an ever-evolving thing. And that's something that appeals to us. You have a, a structure, a rhythmic structure that repeats itself, but underneath all that, there's something building and growing. And, and some of that, of course, is made purely in your imagination as well. Because when you hear something over and over, uh, your mind starts to create melodies that perhaps aren't even there. Torbjorn talking the joy in repetition there on Triple J. Up released their third album, Junior, in 2009, an album that the duo wanted to represent the feeling of when they first met up and the sheer excitement they found in electronic music. The project was ushered into the world with a statement from the duo which read, If Melody AM was a relaxed journey inwards on a Sunday afternoon and the understanding was more up-tempo with more vocals and a hint of melodic catchiness, then the new album is a mix of the two. Six afraid of seven, cause seven difference between their first two albums, Junior was recorded and engineered in Bergen, Stockholm, Copenhagen and London. This time the album's guest vocalists came in the form of fellow Norwegian Anneli Drekke plus Karen Dreyer and Licky Lee. Torbjorn joined Richard Kingsmill on Triple J in 2009 and they talked about another Swedish musician who guested on Junior. 
There is so much joy in this record. There's just so much sunshine that comes out of these songs. I want to talk about a couple of them with you right now. We might as well start, you know, towards the beginning of the record and the one that features Robin on the lead vocals, The Girl and the Robot. I I listened to this track and I didn't know who was singing what when I had the record. I didn't actually know who the guest vocalists were initially. And I heard it and I just went... Uh, it's not Madonna, but gee, it's close to someone who sounds like Madonna. Do you? Mm, do you? Well, yeah, hopefully it sounds even better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, I mean, Madonna's done okay. She's made some pretty good records at times. But do, do you hear it that way at all? Well, it's a song that hopefully can can work on on multiple levels because uh, the first your impression is that it's it's a pure pop song, and hopefully we've we've made something that's instant and has a direct energy. But at the same time, there's a bit of a story to it that you can dig into and analyze if you so are so inclined. And hopefully it can work as a, not necessarily a, a club track, but a track that can make you move in some way. Swing your hips or whatever you want to do. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, well, you you comparing it to classic Madonna, it sounds like, and that's definitely a compliment. I wanted to ask you, first of all, about all the guest vocalists that you've featured on this record. Have you ever approached anyone in you know, your time of making music? Have you ever approached someone with a desire to work with them and they've just refused? They've said no to you? It's actually never happened. Uh, we've been blessed that way. Uh, it doesn't feel like we, we choose. Because you know, when we travel around and, and talk to people, they, they often lead their questions uh, with the intro of, well, you've chosen to work with Annalie Drecker and Robin and Lickie Lee and Karen Drea. Uh, but to us, it doesn't feel like we've chosen as much as we've invited people and they've said yes. Because what it is, it's an invitation to a cooperation more than, say, a voice for hire. There was a time when all the People already know that we've simultaneously, as we've been working on Junior, have been working on something else as well. And is that true that it's going to be called Senior, or was that a joke? <laughs> I like the fact that people think we're joking. Probably says a lot about us uh, and how, how we don't have respect for the media. But um, no, it's actually true. We have been working on Junior and Senior simultaneously, and it is part of a concept like the 70s concept albums. But in this case, it's stretched over two albums. In reality, it shows the duality that we have in us. Ever since we were kids, somehow we felt old, like old people trapped in young man's bodies. And at the same time, we felt like we were suffering from the Peter Pan 
complex that we don't want to grow up. But there's been a duality in us. At this time, we've expressed it. Junior is hopefully an optimistic and energetic album. And later on, when Senior comes out, it will show the other side of us with a more inwards-directed energy. There will not be songs on it in the traditional sense. More about creating an atmosphere. Torbjörn spilling the beans on what would be Roiksop's fourth studio album, 2010's Senior. As he explained to Richard Kingsmill, Senior was conceived as a grown-up companion piece to Junior, an all-instrumental affair, more introspective and withdrawn than its predecessor. Building on that theme of seniority, Roiksop made a long video for the release of Senior, depicting them as old men sleeping on a couch, potting around a quaint little home, It represented in a really captivating and sweet way their strong sense of humour, aesthetic and broader cultural references. Taking you back to Torbjorn's 2010 interview with SoundLab host Fenella Kernerbone now, here he is talking about some of the challenges of crafting Roiksop's all-instrumental senior album. If you were not involved in, in making music, it would be kind of easy to make the assumption that it's more difficult to make a vocal track than it is to make an instrumental track. And of course, in its purest form of this argument, it is true, because an instrumental track is basically a vocal track without a vocal. But that's not how we see it. We see that often in, in music, the vocal is the very soul, the core of the soul of the music. This is what people connect to. If you are to make an instrumental, you could easily just you know play something and... And not sing, it would be an instrumental, but it would be a very boring instrumental, (laughs) one that lacks something where you feel maybe it doesn't feel like complete music. To us, it's always a challenge when making instrumental music to ensure that it has that soul, that thing that people can connect to in there. To us, it's it's really nice if it feels like you've you've gone to a place in the music. I, I know this sounds very arty, especially since it's early morning over there for you. <laughs> not, not so early, not so early. But you, you see what I mean? That's the thing that makes instrumental music harder. It's harder to make an instrumental piece of music that works as well as, as, a, as a piece of vocal music. It's just a bigger challenge. Four years after dropping Senior, Roiksop released their fifth and final studio album, which they titled The Inevitable End. But this was no farewell from the duo, just a departure from the long player format they'd stuck to up till this point. In this 2014 interview with Lindsay McDougall, Torbjorn set the record straight about their intentions for The Inevitable End. Now, you guys said this was the uh, a tribute to the album form because this was the last music you're going to release in, in album form. Why, why did you come up with that idea? Well, the thing is that we actually said it was going to be the last traditional album, mm. meaning like a last long player album with lead single, singles and all that. We will still be releasing things also on physical formats. But for now, we're concentrating on EPs and standalone tracks. Great. And, and so that, mean, that suggests that you've already uh, you know, set work um, on the next things that are going to come out. It has, and, and I'm realizing that when you are a fan of something or a follower or interested in, in something that's going on, like musically, you you kind of want those 
high point which an album represents. So if this goes according to plan, I mean, I feel slightly uncomfortable doing this because we really never talk too much about what we're going to do. But I think this time we get so many questions, so it's a bit different. So what I'm going to say is that if our EPs do well and people want it, we could make a compilation album. It would be very boring if it was just like a continuous stream of music coming out without any highlights or waiting periods. By now, a crucial collaborator, Robin, featured on two sad bangers on The Inevitable End. Thank you, and this track, Monument. Brooksop's final album also saw them strike up a new partnership with another guest voice, Jamie Irrepressible, across four tracks. He's uh, like the vocalist that has the, the broadest vocabulary when it comes to using his own voice. It's like, uh, yeah, we are going for a sad expression, and sad is a word that it suffice to a lot of people, but... He wants to know whether the sadness is an old sadness or a new sadness, or whether the sadness is from the body or from the head, where it's from the heart, and all these things. If it wants to want want him, uh, if we want him to sing with his teeth uh, or further back in the throat, and he just got like extreme control over his over his voice. Wow. So it's a pleasure to work with him. Uh, that's for sure. So he kind of became our dark messenger for this album. I guess it's like having a, a, a you know, in Royksop terms, I guess maybe having a, a piece of equipment, a synthesizer that you can control completely, um, but this is actually a human voice. Yeah, I mean, I don't really like the image you're painting Sorry, here. Sorry, I know, uh, I know. Like we are sort of evil masterminds <laughs> pulling the strings on him. He, he, he has a very uh, autonomous uh, sort of approach of and expression, and we've known about him for many years. During this junior period, when we made the album Junior, we came across a song called In This Shirt. But at that time, it was more about music with a smile. uh, And it didn't really, Mm. he he didn't fit into that kind of world. But for this project, The Inevitable End, it's definitely right. of the inevitable end, Royksop have also made good on their promise to continue to push out fresh tracks, albeit untethered to the album format. In 2014, they once again joined forces with Robin for Do It Again, an EP that coincided with their tour of the same name. And they've released a steady stream of new music, including a 2019 collaborative single with Norwegian rapper and singer Lars Vaula called Two Minutes. And a run of B-sides, exclusives and previously unreleased tracks put together as part of a series dubbed Lost Tapes, which came about by chance after spring cleaning their vaults in an effort to try out some new directions with their sound. 
Over the course of 20 years of their recording career, Royksop have been enticing us on sonic adventures that have taken us in many different directions across their varied releases. These Norwegian auteurs may have farewelled the album, but they're continuing to press forward into the future with new formats for their sleek electronica. The J Files is a Double J podcast. Make sure you like, follow and share. Our producer is Sam Wicks with production support from Gab Burke and Phoebe Bennett. Theme music is by Art vs. Science and you can check out Double J anytime on the Triple J app or at doublej.net.au. I'm Kaz Tran. Thanks for listening.